when you follow something like that. And today we, we do honor and uh, remember those who fought for our country and didn't come home. Um, we live in an amazing country, friends, and that, that, that took sacrifice. And if you're in this room or watching online and you've been hit by this, we lift you up this morning. So what I'd love to do is just take a moment of silence and I'm going to pray and honor them this morning for what they've done for us. Father, today we uh, just take a moment to remember those who fought for our freedom and fought for the opportunity for us to live in a country with the rights and the beliefs that we have and didn't make a home. Lord, their sacrifice, we need to remember. We do live in an amazing country, the best country in the world. It wouldn't be that way if it wasn't for the men and women who fought for it and died for it. So today, Lord, we just we lift up their families. I can't imagine what it would mean to, to receive one of those letters or to have someone standing at my door. But today, we, God, we pray that they, whoever they are, wherever they are, they feel your comfort. Scripture says you're the God of all comfort, and we pray for that for them this morning. We thank you, Lord, that they lived out in a way that was modeled after your son, that he came and gave his life so we could have freedom and to be with you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In your son's name, I pray. Amen. <clears throat> what well, is great to be back here with you this morning, church. Um, I know that kind of changed the mood a little bit after that awesome worship, but I think it's important that we take those moments and time to, to honor where honor is due. Scripture is very, very clear. We do that. Um, I love the fact that we can gather together, that we're here again this morning, praising our awesome God and celebrating life change through his son, Jesus Christ. If you are new with us this morning, welcome. Welcome to Vertical. We hope that you enjoy your time with us today. We hope your time with us is God awesome. And we hope that you'll come back and hang with us again as we pursue this life lived for and with Jesus Christ. Um, this morning, we are pulling to close our latest series called Label Maker. Um, if we walk through this, you've all understood. Unfortunately, uh, we come to this conclusion that we, at some point in our lives, labels have been put on us. Or we have walked around with labels on us and not even know it. They've been put on us by people who are the closest to us. Labels have been placed on us by people who barely know us. Uh, they even, but they, even the one who looks at you in the mirror every single morning, who you looked at this morning, maybe you didn't look in the mirror this morning, you should have. Um, um, that person too put a label on you. And for many of us... Um, as we walk and through this, come to this understanding that we have been believing in the lie of the label. Uh, the lie of the label telling us what we can't do or who we truly, who we are or what we're not able to become because this label is holding us hostage. Um, my heart through this series 
has been very, very simple is for us to take these man-made labels that are placed on our lives and make them meet the truth from the one who loves us the most and gave us life through his son, Jesus Christ. And the idea is to to peel all this back and, and say, we just sang a song, we are who God says we are. No one has the right to tell us who we are. No one has the right to tell us what we can or cannot do except for our creator himself. And it's been my prayer as we walk through this that I hope that some of you have found freedom through this series. Freedom from the things that have been holding you back. Freedom from the label of oppression. Freedom from embracing everything that you are in Jesus Christ. That in Jesus we are not dead, we are alive. That in Jesus we are not weak, we are strong. We are Jesus strong. That in Jesus addiction has no hold on us, doesn't have a chance with us because in Jesus we are free. And last week we had this conversation about that in Jesus we are no longer lonely, but we are loved by the one who created everything. And that love brings a family called the church. So this morning, we're going to take a look at our last label. And I want to just ask, are you ready to walk through this with me? Okay, so a few people right over here are. Are you ready to walk through this with me? This, all right, all right, there we go. This is our last one. We're going we're gonna to be talking a lot this morning um, because what's interesting about this label, that in most situations, this is not a label, I repeat this, this is not a label placed on us by others. But it's one of those labels that we have placed on our own lives. It's a label that we see. It's a label that we feel. And unfortunately, for many of us in this room, it's a label that we live. And that's the label of pointless. Pointless. Too many of God's created people and even his redeemed people, his church, walk through life feeling as if there's no point to their lives. They walk through it feeling there's no point in their life. We live day by day. We live week by week, month by month, year by year, just going through the motions, feeling like there's really nothing more. I mentioned a young man that I met a couple weeks ago at Menards. I asked him how he was doing today. He said, well, I'm just existing. That's how some of us feel in this room this morning, that we are just existing. But when I read this book, When I open up this book and have a conversation with God, I keep on coming back to the truth. That's not what God has for you. Not to have a pointless life, not to have a life that's just existing. Where we wake up each day, pour the coffee, make the lunches, eat breakfast, go to school, head to the office, take our kids to the sports practice, take your kids to the events and we go watch them, that we come home, that we eat dinner, watch a little TV, do a little homework, do a little homework, school's out, but yay! And then go to bed and start the whole thing over the next morning and do it again and again and again. And for many of us, We don't feel as if life has real purpose. We don't. 
We feel like there's an emptiness, there's a void, there's something missing, that there should be something more in our lives that we, we should be chasing or doing, but we're just caught in this rut. We're caught in this routine. We're caught in this pattern, and we just think there's nothing more for us. Rick Warren says it this way, why on earth am I here? What on, or excuse me, what on earth am I here for? What on earth am I here for? And I know that I'm not the only person in this room who's asked that question. When life's not going the way we want it to go, or we think we're, what, what, what there's something in that there we're missing, what am, I, what am I here for, God? I mean, why am I even here? What is, what is my purpose? He goes on to say this. He says, without purpose, Life is motion without meaning, activity without direction, and events without reason. Without purpose, life is trivial, petty, and pointless. Friends, that is exactly opposite what God desires for every single one of you in this room or if you're watching online. Our lives are not pointless. They're not meant to be pointless. They're meant to have purpose, God-given purpose. Do me a favor. Look at the person next to you and tell them you have a purpose. Now look at the person you ignored on the other side of you and tell them you have a purpose. Brooklyn, you can tell the people behind you. All right. You have a purpose. See, in Jesus, the label of pointless is removed. In fact, in Jesus, it's more than that. In Jesus, the label of pointless is wrecked. I say this all the time, and you're t- probably tired of hearing it. Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes what? Everything. See, when Jesus, he takes our lives and he gives us hope. He gives us direction in Jesus. He gives us clear purpose in life. And let me just say this, and this may be sting, and that's okay. Without Jesus, we will never know or see or experience the true purpose of our lives. On purpose, for a purpose. On purpose, for a purpose. You were created on purpose, for a purpose. You were chosen on purpose for a purpose. You were saved on purpose for a purpose. There is nothing about our lives that God planned to be pointless. Absolutely nothing. Everything. Everything in our lives is for a purpose. God doesn't waste an experience and neither should we. We just need to know this. We need to believe this. And we need to start living this. Let's get in this. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Hopefully you have your Bibles with you this morning. Bible or Bible app, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll be starting at verse 20 this morning. 
2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. As you're getting there this morning, uh, Timothy was, was written, 2 Timothy was written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a follower of Jesus. And he's actually writing to a guy named Timothy. He's writing to one of his protege, writing one of his, his people, right? His brothers. And Timothy was a pastor in Ephesus. Ephesus was a city. You, there's a book in her Bible called the Ephesians. That was Paul writing to the book, the city of Ephesus in the area. Timothy was a pastor in Ephesus. And Paul was walking Timothy through some instructions how to lead his people and also how to lead his own life with purpose. So if you have, don't have your Bibles, you can look up on the screen. We're starting at verse 20. It says, in a, in, in a large house, there are many articles, not only of silver or gold, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments of special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Let's just stop right there. What Paul is saying in life, there, there are many items that are ready for special purposes, and there are other items that are not. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it this morning, uh, Paul wasn't talking about objects. He wasn't thinking about that lamp in the corner of your, corner of your bedroom that you never use, okay? That has that load of dust all over it because you never touch it, right? He's not talking about that. He is, he is talking about people, individuals, people who have said yes to Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus. What he was saying to Timothy was very, very simple. In the church, there were some who were living a life of purpose. And there were some who were not. That in the church, there were those who were living a life to do the work that God prepared in advance for them to do. And there those who weren't. And he was saying there's a clear difference between them. You can see who was living for the special purposes, and you can see who was not. So as we, we stop and look into the mirror of our own lives, and we see this label of pointless, like, hey, I really want to have purpose in my life, our first step is very, very simple. The pointless must be purged. The pointless must be purged, moved, gone, removed, not existent. See, maybe, then maybe we, the reason we feel as if our lives are pointless is because we have filled our lives with the pointless. Too many people get the end of their career and wondering, this is it? This is all I have. Too many people get to the end of their lives and think, okay, I really wish I could go back and do it all over again because I miss so much. This is all I have for a lifetime of toil and work. Right now, parents in the room who have graduating seniors, how often have you reflected back in the last few days about your child. I have. And I've cried. 
Like, oh God, I wish I could have that time again, but I would do some things differently. I wouldn't be consumed with this. I'd be consumed with you and leading my son. I have two sons. (laughs) If we want to change the end result, then the stuff in our lives that doesn't really matter needs to go. It needs to go. Purging the pointless is a power move in our lives. It's a power move in our lives. Because it's not going to be easy. Let me just back up for a moment here. And explain what Paul and Timothy were dealing with in the early church. I believe it will explain why I'm saying purging the pointless is a power move. Timothy in the church was dealing with false teachers. And he was dealing with false teaching. These people were coming in and teaching the stuff that was an alternate gospel. It was different. And and what they did is they took their eyes off the truth that was it and made it what they wanted. And it caused great despair in the church. The pointless was teaching and destroying the faith of others and shipwrecking the faith and the purposes of the people of the church along the way. Paul makes it really clear a few verses earlier in verse 17. He says, this is how they were living and what says this is what was happening. He says, their teaching will spread like gangrene. This false teaching that's entering into the church, this teachers, they're stepping in and leading people astray to the point of things that are not true is like gain green. Now, I'm not in a medical field. Raise your hand if you are and you understand what gain green is. I was gonna put a picture up there this morning, but <laughs> I really wanna main your friends and you know, I want you to come back next week. But gangrene is death, isn't it? Man, it's death of tissue. It's death of limbs. And it spreads and it takes everything down winning. Takes it right down with it. And what Paul is saying, that this pointless that was happening in the church, people that were filling us up with this false teaching was like a death decaying disease in the church. And it was spreading. And that's why he says we must cleanse ourselves of the latter, of the pointless. Because in Jesus, we have a purpose. And if you ask me, it's time for the church to see this. And more than see it, it's to believe it. More than believe it, it's to start living it. Because if we continue to fill our lives with the pointless, it will take us down. And we'll get to the end and say, what on earth was I here for? And maybe, maybe this morning is the first time you've heard this. 
Maybe you came in this morning and you're just kidding how there's the first time you hear there's a God who loves you, who has a plan for your life, who has a, a purpose for your life. That living from moment to moment and day by day, year by year, in all in a random way is not what God wants for you. Maybe you're in this room. Man, you've heard this all before. You're like, I've been going to church all my life. I was a little boy, a little girl. We all dressed up in the church. I've heard this all before, but it never sank in. Maybe it never took a real place in your heart and your life. And you believe the lie of a label over the love of your Lord. And you bought what society is selling. And you feel pointless. And you don't know what to do. You feel empty. You're sitting here this morning, you feel like your life has no real direction. You keep on changing jobs because you're, you're just not finding that fulfillment that it needs to be there. Or like that young man in Menards, you feel like your life doesn't matter. You're just existing. That's so far from the truth. In Jesus, you have purpose. In Jesus, you'll find your purpose. In Jesus, you can live your purpose out. So let me just ask you, friends, what needs to be purged from your life? What is, what is taking too much space? What do you feel, what is the point that's, been, that's taken up control of your heart, plaguing your mind? What is consuming your life, your time, your efforts, your resources that does very, very little for the kingdom of what God wants to do in your life? When we consume our lives to the pointless, we will feel pointless. We'll feel as if there's no value in what we're doing or how we are living. When we purge the pointless out of our lives, we give room for God to step in and do what he wants to do. We sing a song right here. Absolutely love it. Make room. Do what you want to. Well, if we don't, we need to make that room, get rid of the pointless, open up the door and say, God, just come on in. How do you feel when you binge watch a show? Let's be honest this morning, who here's binge watch a show? I'm raising my hand, by the way. I've done it. How do you feel? After watching 17 episodes. <laughs> not saying that I've done that. Not that many. But how do you feel? You feel exhausted. It was cool at the time. It was really fun. Like, can I go get to watch the next one? They do it. And Netflix is really, really good, right? And they're like, the next episode starts in three, two, one. You're like, I'm in. Get the popcorn, right? How do you feel? When you're all done and you look at the clock and realize you've been at the TV for 16 hours. 
exhausted. The list of things that you really want to get done to the day never got done. How do you feel when someone you care about is sick and you make them a meal and you bless their family and you drop it off and say, we love you. You feel fulfilled, don't you? Radically different. Empty. Feel the pointless. Fulfilled. Living out your purpose. How do you feel when you work all the time? We work all the time and night and day and weekends to have all the money. You work all the time to get the next promotion. How do you feel? You feel exhausted. You feel isolated. How do you feel when you slow down in life and you invest in your children? Now, I'm going to be clear about this. I'm not talking about the idea that some parents have bought into an American culture that we need to have our kids in everything and let them do all these things. And we're constantly running them around in every activity or sport known to mankind because at the end of those days, we still feel exhausted. We still feel like we haven't invested in our kids. All we did is we gave them to someone else to invest in them. How does it feel when you actually stop Spend time and play, talk, pray, read scripture with your children. That's fulfillment. And we can sit here all day long, and I won't because we have things to do this afternoon, right? Uh, all day long, Paul says, those who cleanse themselves at a ladder, the pointless will be used for special purposes. I don't know about you, but I only have one life to live on this planet called Earth, and I don't want to fill it up with stuff that doesn't matter. Church, are you with me on this? Okay, so that's that side. Church, are you with me on this? Then purge the pointless, and then pursue God's purpose. God's purposes must be pursued. Get rid of the stuff that doesn't matter and start chasing down the stuff that does. When we consume, when we consume our life with the pointless, we enter empty I feel like empty inside. When we pursue God's purposes, we feel fulfilled inside. Look back at verse 21. Paul says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and, and prepared to do any good work. Verse 22, flee from the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, and along with those who call the Lord, call the Lord of the pure heart. Once we purge, get rid of the gangrene in our lives, we need to pursue God's purposes. Pursue simply means to chase down, 
to run after with this whole intent in our hearts to overtake it. It's calculated. It's hard work. But we're going after it with everything that we have. And that's what God desires for us. Exactly what we do for God's and his purposes. He wants us to chase them down. He wants us to run after them with calculated time and effort, intentionally with a plan to go after them. With this deep desire, burden within us to overcome them so they can overtake us. Let me just break it down like blues clues. If it's important to God, it better be important to us. We are to love what God loves and hate what God hates. We are to pursue what he has for us. And you will find it in this book. You're not going to find it from the world. You might not even find it from your friends. You'll find it in this book. Know God. Read God. Love God. Live God. Remember last week, those of you who were here, we all got weird, thought you'd never come back. Word! <laughs> this is the word of God. His life manual for those he created, how he desires us to live. To purge the pointless, to pursue his purposes in our lives. And we can't open this book and pick and choose what we desire to live and what we like to live. It doesn't, you can't just, okay, ooh, I don't like that verse. <laughs> no one saw that. Well, you just did. Live it, the whole thing. Paul calls Timothy to leave the childish desires and behaviors in the past and live intentionally. To leave the stuff of immaturity and pursue the life of maturity. To leave the pointless behind and pursue the life that God has planned for him. And sometimes we miss this. That coming to Jesus is not about a new life lived for self. That coming to Jesus is a new life lived for him. It's not asking, what do I want? But it's asking, what does God desire for me? That is pursuing his purposes. And we have to acknowledge that in the hearts of every man, woman, and child, and everyone in this room who's watching online, man, there is a battle in our hearts. A war of the kingdom of self versus the war of the kingdom of God. And when we say yes to Jesus, we need to set the kingdom of self aside and start pursuing the kingdom of God for his plans, his purposes, 
in our lives. Paul actually says this a little bit more directly in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. He says, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Okay, let's just stop right there. He died for all, that's all mankind, that those who should live are those who give their life to Jesus Christ. If you're in this room and you've said yes to Jesus, he is your Lord and Savior. Paul is speaking directly to you and to me. That we're to no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died. Maybe you don't care about Paul. Like Paul was just some dude, all right? What about Jesus? Let's have a little conversation with Jesus. Matthew 16, verse 24. He says this very clearly. Whoever wants to be my disciple, someone who is following Jesus, must deny themselves and take up their cross and what? Oh, snap. Why would Jesus say something like this? Because he understands in him a relationship and a life with him. We set the pointless aside. We have a purpose. Everyone in this room has a purpose in Christ. We just need to pursue it. And I promise you, if you do, when you're pursuing Jesus, his plan for your life, you will no longer feel pointless. One of my favorite books outside the Bible, just to make sure I'm clear on that, is a book written by Bill Hybels called The Holy Discontent, Fueling the Fire That Ignites Personal Vision. And this book is all about pursuing your purpose, how you were made, how you were created by God and gifted by God for his purposes, that you are finding your purpose, you're feeding your purpose, you're fighting for your purpose, and you're following it no matter where it takes you. Think about this. How would your life be different if you lived your purpose in Jesus out? How would it be radically different? How would you feel What would your life look like if you actually purged the pointless and pursued the purpose of a God in your life? How would our households be different if we lived this out? How would our neighborhoods be different if we lived this out? How would Fort Branch, how would Hobstadt, Princeton, Owensville, Oakland City, Gibson County, Wabash County be different if we lived our purpose out? If every follower of Jesus let Jesus rip the label of pointless out of their lives and start pursuing God's purposes for their life, how would it impact the kingdom? Not just you, the kingdom. Oh, we'd be filling heaven. And this is what I love about our church. 
that we keep on making intentional decisions to remove obstacles, the pointless, out of the way of our lives and the church that stops someone from walking through our doors. That we are a church where everyone is welcome. That we continue making the main, keeping the main thing the main thing, the gospel of Jesus. That we desire to live out our mission of making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That we are real people every Sunday morning. So people understand that we have real issues. We're authentic when we have conversations. We teach the scripture and nothing but the scripture. And oh baby, we are all about Jesus. Amen. You know, the church world loves to use the word revival. Man, we love to have a revival. A revival points to this idea of this is great turning back to the Lord. Where hearts are changed, lives are changed, cultures change, communities are changed. And it's absolutely amazing. Revival starts because the label of purpose is lived. But purpose starts when there's a revival here. You want to radically change your life. You want to move from pointless to purpose in your life. Let the revival start here. Make room for God to do what he wants to do. Let him lead you. And if we want, as a church, to radically impact Fort Branch, all our surrounding communities, Gibson County, Wabash County, wherever, whatever county, what starts here? Because when we live our purpose out, there is nothing impossible for God to do. You know, we are not just single raindrops that land and live a life and float away. See, those raindrops form the creeks into rivers. And that's what the church is, a raging river of purpose for God. And if you've ever seen a river, man, they mark their course and they're doing some things. That's you, that's me, that's this church. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get the end of my life and think, that's it? I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what God has for me. I don't want you to miss what God has for you. And I don't want us to miss what God has for this church. Let's be a people of purpose because that's who you are in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And God, we thank you for Jesus, knowing that in him, we don't have to live a pointless life. And in him, you've given us clear purpose to chase you, 
set aside of the things in our lives that are just taking up space, slowing us down, making us feel empty. And open up your word of truth and start having conversations with you and let you show us what purpose looks like. How to invest in our relationship with you. How to invest in our relationship with our spouses. How to invest in our relationship with our kids, our neighbors, our community. Start seeing what on earth we're here for. That why you called us to yourself. I don't know, Lord, I don't know who here this morning need to hear this. But I pray that you give them the strength and the comfort and the courage to live it. Right now, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. And if you're in this room and you have some things in your life that you just need to lay down at the feet of Jesus, I don't want to invite you after service to come up and be, to pray. To be prayed with. To be lifted up. By heart and voice. The one who loves you the most. And if you're in this room and you're man, I, like, I don't even have this relationship with Jesus. And I'm tired of living the pointless. I'm going to invite you to come up after service and have a conversation with our prayer team and what it looks like to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and make him your Lord and start pursuing the purpose that he has planned for you. God, this Label Maker series has been pretty real to me. I am so thankful that I can tear off everything, every label that has been placed on me over life and understand the only, the only label that matters is what you say, who you call me, who you call us as your church, your children. We are loved. We are redeemed. And I pray, God, that we just live that out every day. And never let again someone tell us who we can't be or who we need to be. Then everything in our lives, our identity is found in you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.